please be advised that the content in the Grave Tales podcast series is suitable for adults only. You're with Chris Adams and Helen Goltz for the Grave Tales, the series podcast. Today, the story of Grace Yorston and Harry Jarman, two young people who died in Brisbane's worst ever fairy disaster. We've had some fairly amazing newspaper headlines in this town over the years, but none like the one from February the 14th, 1896, on the front of the Brisbane Telegraph. An awful catastrophe, the like of which has not previously been seen in this city, took place in the Brisbane River yesterday afternoon at five o'clock. This was no less than the engulfment of a ferry steamer, attended by a shocking loss of its feared 40 human lives. The Pearl was the name of a little boat that was in the river that particular afternoon, but to find out why, we've got to go back a fair while. In fact, we've got to go back three years to 1893 when the city was flooded, hit by a large amount of rain that was dropped by a cyclone that was a bit like the 74 cyclone, went in behind Brisbane and dropped a lot of water in the catchment area, which eventually flooded the city. It took out the Indrapilly Railway Bridge, which was fairly new at the time. Mm-hmm. It also swept away the northern end of the Victoria Bridge, which was at that point the only road bridge, if you like, between South Brisbane and the city, and flooded the city itself very much like the 74 flood. Because trade had to continue back and forwards, as did communication between north and south side of the river, the authorities built a a temporary structure and attached it to the end of the bit of bridge that was sticking out from the south side to connect up with the north side. And that worked okay for a while until in 1896, the year of this uh, terrible tragedy, there was another flood, another deluge that sent a lot of fresh water down the river and took with it bits of houses that had been flooded, trees and and heaps and heaps of debris which built up against this temporary part of the bridge Mm. that the authorities had built, you know, to keep the place open, basically. And so they decided that it was going to be too dangerous, that this part of the bridge could get swept away and people who were on it would would be killed. Is this a pedestrian bridge or a motor vehicle Yeah, it's a bit like we've got now. Right. Yeah, it was a bridge that would take carriages and horses and carts, Mm. as well as people and bicycles and those sorts of things. So 1896, they closed that temporary part of the bridge because they were worried it was going to be dangerous in this heavy water. To get people back and forwards, they introduced a number of small steamers, little boats, just to go back and forwards across the river, carry about 100 people. And one of those was the Pearl, the right. boat I mentioned earlier. And what was a Pearl when it wasn't commissioned to do it this? It was just a little tug oh, that okay. would be generally used for moving not very big boats around the river and maybe around the port, right. which was, of course, in the river at that point in history. So the Pearl and other little boats were put on to take people back and forwards across the river. These were pretty casual affairs. They weren't ticketed. You just turned up and got on and yep. uh, got off the other side. Right. This particular afternoon, which was the 14th of February, uh, 5 o'clock as we know, the Pearl had been going backwards and forwards quite happily all day with no problems. This particular trip anchored in the middle of the the river because there weren't a lot of wharves along the south side of the river at that time, were two uh, rather large vessels. One was the state government yacht called the Lucinda, which is quite luxurious. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was state of the art in 1896. Politicians, you know, fairly good at looking after themselves. And the other large boat was the Normanby, which was a a large vessel that was anchored there too. There was about 30 metres between these two vessels in the river. 
So plenty of space given that the ferries have been doing that all day. The Pearl had been going backwards and forwards all day and they, they go between the two boats to get to the other side to a place called Musgrave Wharf, which is sort of in the area where South Bank is now. Mm. Who do we know is catching this ferry? Is it, it's workers turning home to the suburbs? Yeah, well, at that time of day it would be people who'd knocked off work, five o'clock, heading home to the south side. The two people that we know a bit about who were on that ferry that afternoon, one was a lady called Grace Yorston. She was mid-twenties had worked in the city. She was heading down to catch the ferry. A young man saw her, gave evidence in the inquiry that was held later that she didn't appear to be rushing. She was just heading down to, to catch the ferry at Queen's Wharf, which is right beside the Victoria Bridge, still there today. She got onto the Pearl, and of course, the Pearl had this terrible accident, which we'll get to in a sec, and she died. The other fellow was a young man called Harry Jarman. If you lived in Brisbane in the 1890s, you'd know the Jarman name well. Mm. They had the biggest and best saddlery in town, mm. run by Harry's father, Richard. Who I believe was not shy of an award or two for his saddlery either. One year in the Ecker, he put in 17 saddles into 17 different categories and won 17 first prizes. Wow. Of course, he put a, an ad in the newspaper the next day telling everybody as you would. Yeah, of course. So Grace was on board Pearl and young Harry was on board the Pearl with his aunt, his father's brother's wife. Now, as it crossed the river and went between the two boats, the Normanby and the Lucinda, for reasons that we only get a, a glimpse of in the inquiry, the captain pulled the power off and raging water down the river, grabbed hold of it and smashed it onto the anchor chains of the Lucinda. Government. <coughs> yeah. So um, we know when that happened that the side of the, the boat opened up and everybody who was downstairs was drowned mm. and everybody who was on the deck was swept away into the water. Now, we presume that Grace and Harry were amongst those. I mentioned that Harry's father, Richard, did a lot of work in Western Australia and it's from a West Australian newspaper, curiously enough, that we get some understanding of what happened to Harry. It reported... Mr. Harry Jarman, the eldest son of R.E. Jarman, had a life boy when the boat went over, but handed it to his aunt, saying, Here, you take this and save yourself. All will be right. That was the last that was ever seen of him. Much sympathy is felt for his father. The deceased, who was 21 years of age, was in charge of his father's saddlery business. So young Harry was a, a terrible loss to the family, as I'm sure uh, Grace was to the Yorston family as well. We don't know a lot about her. Uh, we know she lived in Woolloongabba, hence catching the ferry to the south side in a street called Inkerman Street, which is gone now. It, was, uh, it disappeared when the uh, South East Freeway was built, late 60s, early 70s. And she's buried in South Brisbane Cemetery. Uh, Harry is buried in Tawong Cemetery, but we'll come to that a little later because there's some curiosities about that. The upturning of this ferry must have happened very quickly. I mean, no one was expecting it. Most of those people of that time would not have been able to swim. I doubt there would have been many life buoys or life jackets on board. And you've still got that raging current as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, a lot of people ended up in the water, as you can imagine, and numbers of people were, were drowned in the hull of the boat, but many were swept off. And they are estimating out of the inquiry that they had that there were somewhere between 80 and 100 people on board. They rescued 40 so the maths will tell you that probably 60 people died as a result of that, including Harry and Grace. Many bodies were found in Moreton Bay in the days following, swept mm, out uh, on the currents and the raging flood water. Although many people did come out in small boats from the south side to try and rescue people, a lot of those who were swept off the pool managed to hang on to the anchor chains of wow. the Lucinda and were saved that way. Wow. Of course, in those days, there was no real embankment on the river. The roads just stopped when they got to the river, and so people came out from their homes to see what was going on, and many of the people who were in the water would have lived in that part of, of wow. uh, South Brisbane. Yeah. 
So it was a horrendous situation. I mentioned earlier as to why the captain pulled the power off, and all we get is in the inquiry later on, the suggestion from one witness who was standing near the captain said he may have been drinking. That could well have been the problem with him pulling the power off. Hadn't done it all day. It was five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, He'd been on the boat all day, I think, from what you can read from the inquiry notes. It's very sad and heroic of Harry to hand that life boy to his aunt and knowing that he can't swim or assume he couldn't swim and knowing what might be ahead. I remember in the inquiry reading as well that it was a bit of a, I guess we call it a sliding doors moment for those of us who know that film or know that premise with Grace because that, that young man that you said saw her said that she just missed the one before and then she looked like she was going to hurry up and get it and then changed her mind, slowed down and continued walking and then, of course, caught the pearl and that's where she drowned. How many of us have done that? We've nearly missed a bus or nearly missed a train and decided we'll wait for the next one and here's this moment and this decision that changes the whole course of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned about the captain drinking. The quote from the inquiry that deals with is a man giving evidence said he was standing near the captain and he'd seen his demeanour and his behaviour previously and to quote him he said he thought the captain was under the influence of drink he did not appear to be standing at the wheel as a man in charge of a boat should do mm. it might be fairly tenuous but yeah. uh, but certainly it was mentioned Grace was buried in South Brisbane Cemetery you can still visit her grave there today when we went to find Harry's it was a bit harder we knew where the grave should be when we got there there was nothing just a piece of nice green grass So after some inquiries, we found that that's where the Jarman grave had been. Harry and other members of the family buried there. Uh, The records from Tawong Cemetery, which we were able to have a look at, showed that they're there. And they were great records, weren't they? But there's no grave. Mm. It certainly had us stumped because we knew they were a family of some influence, so we knew he could afford a grave. Mm, Absolutely. You'd think a man in his position with the business he had would have not only be able to afford it, but would provide a grave for his family. For his son especially, you know, who was so tragically killed young, that you think a monument would have been significant. So after we started trying to find out why this was the case, we discovered that in 1974 the Brisbane City Council decided they would have a clean-up of the cemeteries and any graves that were damaged or broken would either have to be repaired or they'd be taken away. Now they set out, as best they could, letters to people who were relatives of those in the graves that were about to go... Some of those were 100 years old. So they were long gone themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, not to mention the addresses are probably a little outdated, I suspect. Yeah. So there were many of these graves and the Jarman's was one of them. We found a picture of the Jarman's grave and you can see the metalwork around it long gone now, as were many other graves in Tawong Cemetery and I suspect some in South Brisbane as well mm-hmm. in this clean-up. And many of the headstones and parts of the graves in Tawong ended up in that creek that runs through the middle of it. Recently, some of the archaeology students from the uni and even some kids from some state schools have been going through some of the headstones in that creek to see if they can find ones uh, that can be replaced yeah. again. And unfortunately, the Jarman one has not been found. The Friends of Tuong Cemetery were a big help with providing photos, the original photo showing the grave. And it looked like it was a reasonably big-sized plot, but the records there were terrific. They were written in the most beautiful script handwriting, nothing like you'd be able to produce today when most of us have spent our lives on computers, but they were just so magnificent. Yeah. It'll be interesting, one day we might find out just exactly how many graves went in those um, mm. clean-ups I mentioned that could have been in Balmoral yeah. as well. All that history uh, gone. Which... And so Grace is in South Brisbane. Her gravestone's quite lovely. Yes, and easy to find. Yeah. 
It's in the book. <laughs> so that was the Pearl and the incident, which was probably the worst uh, the river has ever seen, certainly amongst mm. the worst tragedies we've had in this town, raiding with the Sanford train crash and the Whiskey Go-Go firebombing as some of the worst we've seen. To this day, the difference between the Pearl disaster and the others is that we don't know exactly how many people died because nobody knew how many people were on the boat. Mm. No ticket sales? Or just walk on, walk off. Mm. In this case, many people didn't. You've been listening to Grave Tales, the series podcast. Look out for further episodes and connect with us at gravetales.com.au on Facebook and on Instagram. And look out for our tours. Music by Kai Engel. Copyright 2018, Atlas Productions and Grave Tales. 